The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Today is not Tuesday, Thursday. Thursday, man. You just lose track. I have no idea what day it is. Wow, we're still talking football. We're still at training camp. It's episode 19, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Season 14. (laughs) Season 14, episode 19. Okay, awesome. I'm glad. uh, (laughs) I'm sure fans want to know that. They absolutely do. They tell me all the time they want to know. All right. Well, let's jump right into our topic, and we're going to focus today on linebackers. I'm doing well, by the way, if we care. I care, Nick. Okay. I'm Amber doesn't. Okay. You don't How care. How are you, you doing, Nick? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Okay, good. That's very rare, but thank let's get you. to the wow. n- let's get to the news. <laughs> wow. That's rare, but thank you. Okay. Have Glad we we're all like doing that. good. <laughs> Glad we were all doing good. Amber's okay. in one of those moods today. Oh, we're this is gonna be fun. <laughs> are we whispering because they moved us down closer to the to the well, field they and moved players? Us down no. closer to the wall. I feel like there's like someone about to chip here on the 18th, like. We're here live at practice here in Augusta. <laughs> here comes Bubba on <laughs> okay, the 17th well, fairway. Uh, today our main focus Just is going right to be... Island. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Thank Welcome you. Welcome to training camp. <laughs> yeah, we're live. And there's Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay Draper joins us. <laughs> okay, topic, linebackers. That's our focus today. But before we get into that, we've been talking all week about the safety position. And today... Earl Thomas' name has been trending on Twitter. It has. So, basically, he keeps holding out and saying, you know, give me an extension or trade me to a team that wants me and wants to keep me for the rest of my career. So, definitely, that whole thing has not died down. And No, I mean, every time it tries to die down, something happens. And, you like, I would blame Nick, but Earl did it himself today. <laughs> I'm telling you, Nick man. Nick has been the ringleader. On I don't know. I don't, don't know how y'all start your days, but like my alarm goes off. I grab my phone off the bedside table and I open Twitter and I just start reading. And that was the first thing I saw. And I immediately was like, "Okay, this show will be good today. Show, <laughs> the show will be interesting today." You know what? It's it's with the same confidence that I feel like the sun is going to come out tomorrow out here and it's going to be a sunny day. It's ha- it's it's happening. It's going to happen. Wow. It's going to happen. He's going to end up with the Cowboys. I don't know when. I don't know how for how much. I don't know for how long. I just think he's going to be wearing number 29 for the Dallas Cowboys at some point. Yeah, it's I think that point's going to be 2019. I don't think that's season. happening this year. I really don't. Yeah, you can't say that you were right if he signs next month. <laughs> yeah, right. Like no, that's, that's you're talking right. about between now and yeah. like October. You got to put an expiration date on. Yeah, this thing. wait. What did you say? I said, like, if he signs here in free agency oh, next no. March, that you're not going to count. Like, Told yeah. you so. I thought you said next <laughs> month. I thought you said next month. I was month. telling you back at training camp in 2018. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't count. I lose on that. Yes, you do. I, I, I think you're it's going to happen between there. now and October 15th, whenever the trade deadline is. I don't know. I'm, off the top of my head. I am 100 percent confident he will be playing in that game in week three. Dallas okay. against Seattle, but I don't in <laughs> some form or fashion. You know, to be honest with you, I'm not certain. I'm not certain about that because I'm not certain he shows up if he doesn't have the contract. Oh, I think he Derek, might be one of those guys been doing that this hold. so long. They don't do that. We've seen some players do that. Name more than one. I can't. 
There Name was only it. one I can remember. Who was even the first? There was um, Joey did it. Joey Galloway. No, but there did was that. also there was a few years ago there was a I think it was a defensive lineman that held out for like first four or five weeks of the season. I can't remember who it, it was though. It just usually I'll look it up. Are you gonna happen. put your money on the line? Didn't uh, that he'll hold out up. like that? They show Honestly, up to be play. honest, I I don't think he's coming to the Cowboys this year. I personally don't think that because I don't think if if the Cowboys are willing to give up what Seattle's saying they would take in order to make the deal happen, it would have already happened. This has been a, a prolonged period of time. It has not happened. I don't think either one of them is necessarily prone to move their position because think about it from Seattle's standpoint. Why do they have to? Seattle looks at it and is like, well, whenever he shows up, you know, we're gonna we're only gonna get him for one more year anyway. So right. whenever he shows up, we'll get whatever he can give us, and then we move on I, to next I, year. I think right? what needs to happen unless we can get a, a deal that makes us want to. What make needs to happen in this situation is the Seattle needs to allow the Cowboys to talk to him and his agent. That's what needs to happen because Why? because the, if you ask people, and I have done this, I've asked several people even yesterday, and um, what's the holdup? What's the biggest issue? And the issue is they don't want to pay what Seattle wants. For one year, they're afraid they might get him for one That's year. My point, yeah. So if they're going to make this happen, if Seattle really wants the two, you know, or if that's if that's what Seattle wants, then they're going to have to let the Cowboys have those discussions with his agent. They're going to have to get permission so they can talk to the agent and they say, "How close are we on the parameters of getting a long-term deal?" Because if we, if he's going to sign here, oh, I got a ranch here. I bought this house. I want to stay in Dallas. This is where I want to be. Trust me, I'll do this. Okay, they'll give the two. That's what I believe. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's what's going to have to happen is and you can't do that until you get permission because you got tampering. You know what's funny? Is there there's a precedent for this that involves the Seahawks that's less than a year old, which is Dwayne Brown. He held out for six weeks. Uh, he missed the first six games of last season before the Texans finally. I mean, he reported and like two weeks later they traded him to Seattle and he I believe he just signed an extension with the Seahawks, which so his deal didn't come until after he changed teams, but. He played it. He he played hardball big yeah. time, and and what it what out. stops Earl from doing that? Like there's no, there's no real advantage for Earl showing up until he gets what he wants, or just to keep putting pressure on them because he knows that's not his long term. He plan. seems stubborn enough, proud yes. enough, and has enough money to where I won't be surprised if he's just like. Well, I, right now, that's point. right yeah. now, Seattle's making money off the deal because right. he's he's getting fined. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I I, but uh, that's my point. I think in this instance, I don't think he cares. Obviously, he right. doesn't care because he's not there. And I think Seattle's like, unless we get the deal we want, it doesn't hurt us. So I, I think this is just that classic case where nobody has is compelled to say, I will give more than I would normally give in order to get it done. Right. Yeah. And that includes the Cowboys. For whatever reason, the Cowboys aren't, I don't think, at this point, willing to give more than where, they, where they've been. If the Seahawks were like, all right, you're not budging on the two, how about this year's three and then a future draft pick? And not like a first or second, but if, would you do that? Like we it, want we want your 2019 three and your 2023, three. I don't know, something like that. Done. I, I'm, I'm going to just do it. Just, <laughs> I, I would just Would do you it. do next year's two straight up, just next year's two? And that's yes. It. If it was yes. just my decision? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it's worth it because I think you're going to get a player that for the next three or four years – will be, if not the best player in your defense, one of the best players on your defense. And in a secondary where I feel really good about the young cornerbacks, you give them a, an experienced Pro Bowl caliber safety back there. Right. I think it takes them from being a pretty good unit to maybe being a great unit. So to me it's worth 
that spin. And I don't think he's even close to being done. Like he's 29 years old. Yeah. Safeties can play for a while. As a matter of fact, great cornerbacks move to safeties in the later safety in the later part of their careers. He's fine to, to continue playing. I would I would definitely do it. There'd be no doubt in my mind. What if Xavier Woods could be your third safety? Coming yeah. in and out in certain packages. Feel pretty good about that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, his ability to play some slot corner. This makes has it. to happen. It, <laughs> it, it just has. I'm telling you, I just don't. See, I just don't see it happen. It does not see it happening this happen. year because I really yes, believe it. Because no, no, all doesn't. those things I just said about about Earl Thomas, all those the same things can still happen next year when he's a free agent, right? There's no reason why the Cowboys couldn't get him next year when he's a free agent. So it doesn't have to happen right now, and the Cowboys can still get what they want in the future. You know, just wasting a year of his prime. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, you, you. I mean, if you're building the team for the future, I mean, I'm focused on this year. Wow. I don't know about you, but I'm focused on this year. I'm not focused on next year. So this is the year, and if you have the ability or the chance to get a great player to be on the team, a proven one that you don't need to be developing or anything, then bringing him on. I mean, but whatever. What do I know? So let's just see what happens. This is still the, the waiting fact game. That Amber takes it personally. Like she's <laughs> just like, they're not doing it because they want to piss me off. Like that's basically her attitude. <laughs> who, does, you, who does she learn you, that from? Uh, yeah. How do you not take it personal yeah, though? The when you're on this so show, involved. I mean, <laughs> no, well, you're here. She learned with that these from people. Brian Broaddus. Is nah, what she learned it from. Nah. Good point. He gets, it, he gets mad. If you care, you take it personal. Well, no. no it's what? not taking no, it personal. That's, it's, it's no, like that's you, not true. You feel part of the family. You you have you're so involved here. You this is work. You do it every day. So that's, it's work. It's a business. Earl Thomas wrote a story about it this morning. Can't get too involved. Right. Gotta gotta you know draw lines. Dave. This goes back to, to what we <laughs> said yesterday, though. You know, they they made this move with Des Bryant for uh, multiple reasons, but one of them was the money, the financial part. And and they admitted that. They said that. They said this is a business. They cut him for those reasons, they said. Now, locker room, yeah, that's probably part of it, but but it was it was also financial. So, if it's financial and and they wanted to save this money, then let's Let's spend it on something that, that could be available. What upsets me is when there is something that you can make it happen or someone, let's say a player, that you know has the ability or potential to do something and it doesn't do it, that's when it's upsetting to me. And that's why, quotation mark, okay. it, I take it personal. Okay. And this is a scenario like that. You know they can make this happen. Okay. What? But what if, what if in two weeks, whatever, we play a couple games here, and all of a sudden, the Cowboys trade. They, they land Earl Thomas to Seattle for a third-round pick. And then it was then it was a standoff. It was a standoff of you know who's gonna who's gonna blink first. And they ended up getting what they wanted, and for not you know not giving hmm. up a three. So you know yeah. it's not over yet. It's not over. No. I mean, get upset or mad about it when when the, the Ravens come in and they throw a two and it's over and then th they take it and they say, wow, this is good. We got a two. He's not in the NFC anymore. He's over there. We don't have to play him. Awesome. Good Which point. I think it very well happen. So the Cowboys are going to have to have one of the strongest, you know, bids there. Well, here's, But here's also what has to happen as a part of that. And you mentioned this earlier with the Cowboys. If there's that other team, they're going to be in a similar situation. If they can't get him to sign a long-term deal, and this is where it goes back to, 
Earl Thomas walked in the Cowboys' right. locker that's, room, that's, right? You're right. So, so whatever other team might be out there, they have to be okay with the idea that we really might be renting him for one year. So whatever we're giving up is just for a year, and there's a good chance that he I, walks away from us because maybe he wants to go play in I Dallas. Think, I think the team that makes the most sense to throw a second-round pick at him is the Cowboys for two reasons. Number one, like you said, he walked into their locker room. I don't know if he's done that somewhere else. And number two. <laughs> I would hope not. I would hope not. I would <laughs> hope he's not making that a weekly occurrence yeah. where he just walks into everybody's locker room saying, come get me. Yeah, you wouldn't like that. You're like, oh, he, do, he did that. He did that in St. Louis or, or whatever. St. Louis. Huh? Yeah, well, interesting. two years ago he did it in St. Louis. <laughs> no, um, they make, it makes sense for that reason. And also the fact that the Cowboys really have have left a void there. They've left it. They definitely have left an experienced hole there at safety. Um, there's some players there, but they're not experienced. Um, so it would make sense for them to do that. Okay, before we go on break, let's go ahead and take a quick call from Ruben in Arlington, Ruben. Texas. Hey, what up, Ruben? Rubes. Ruben. Hello. 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 Um, hey. I wanted to ask you guys, um, how, um, how do you think the defense will look this year? And I'm just wondering because um, um, I've seen the defense on the Cowboy app, and they're looking pretty good, though. And you guys are awesome. Right. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I like to think so. Well, goes back <laughs> goes back to the conversation we just had in the previous ten minutes. They could look really good if they they made some moves, but as is, as you're asking the the defense as is, I think that they're going to be solid. They cannot suffer any injuries, uh, which that's hard to say because injuries always happen. Um, but but I think that there's some key players there like Sean Lee and. Um, and Cheeto and Demarcus Lawrence, probably not in that order, but those three guys right there, that I mean, they have to play at a high level and, and, and keep them on the field. So yesterday we watched a very nope. interesting practice. What? I was just saying, do y'all, what do y'all think about no. the defense? I thought you pretty, I thought well, you pretty I much think said we, it. We've pretty been good? talking Everybody about agree? defense. I think the defense will be great. Personally. Oh, my. Oh, great? <laughs> just, just playing. Just playing. <laughs> what? I just wanted to add something a little different. I I think they have a potential to be really good. We'll see if that actually happens. Okay. Yeah. There was nothing else to be said than what you said. That's why I moved on. So. You agree with that, Dave? Yes. Exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought you'd be more pessimistic. Um, than that, Nick, do I have permission to move on? Wow. Thank you, sir. Uh, okay. We watched the yeah, fun go. practice yesterday, and it was very interesting. So I want to go around the table and just hit on whatever stood out to you overall. So, Derek, you want to start it off? Hmm, let's see. Um, the first thing I'll point – well, the thing I'll point out, and this is probably going to take one from everybody else because I thought it was a highlight of practice yesterday, but Demarcus Lawrence in the one-on-one -on -one drills, um, and I actually didn't see it live. I was actually watching the linebackers and tight ends and a couple other offense uh, – a couple other uh, players in the seven-on-seven. -seven. But during the one-on-one, uh, -on -one, Demarcus Lawrence lined up against every offensive lineman on the first team – um, except uh, uh, um, Fred. Martin, Frederick. No, no, he, he, he went against Frederick, uh, except for Martin. Um, and and basically won against everybody. Well, Frederick, he kind of, there was a draw the first time. He beat him the second time. Um, I think Collins played him pretty well. Connor um, Williams. Collins kind of get him, but he, he Connor showed. Connor Williams got him. He, the first time. The first and time. then the second time he snatched him out of his shoes, as, as Nate said. I mean, it was it was pretty Pretty right. interesting, interesting what he did. But he went around Tyron. That was the most important thing. But as he did it, literally, he started with Tyron. And if you notice how those drills go, like you have the, the tackles will go and then they'll move in and there'll be a guard and a, and a guard 
Um, and then they kind of go down the line all the way. Well, he would he started with Tyron. Uh, then they moved to a guard working against another offensive guard. Um, and then what they did was he jumped in to, to go against that guard. And then another person would go, and then he jumped in to go against the center. And then he moved in. And so he went all the way down the line. Martin was the only person he didn't go against. But I thought it was pretty remarkable, number one, because it shows his versatility and how he can move up and down the line. But the fact that he actually won a fair number of those with the reps that he was doing, too, I, I mean, it just shows you this guy's locked in right now. He is, he is playing as well as anybody out here during training camp, and I'm very, very excited to see what he can do this season. We all, I, I always say, you know, real football is not like Madden. You can't just, like, you know, you don't just magically jump a few numbers in the stats during the offseason, and guys aren't just magically back up to speed when they come back from injury. But it always is fascinating. And I've seen it a few times in my career here where, like, you can just see a guy making a jump as a player. And DeMarcus wouldn't have done that last year, and he certainly wouldn't have done it in the years before that. But he he just he looks like a different person. Uh, a few days ago, John Mashota, my buddy, got a video of it during individual drills. He was working on fake spin moves, like the one Demarcus Ware did mm-hmm. to Joe Staley back in the back in the day, like yeah. three years ago. <laughs> yeah. But he just his and he was talking about it too. His repertoire is like he's. He, I think he said he's got like more than fifteen different moves. I didn't know there were that many moves. <laughs> like he's just he is making that leap so to speak and I don't I don't know if he's going to have 15 sacks this year but he's just on another level than the guy that we thought we knew even just a year ago yeah all right let's take our first break <laughs> what's that look I don't know I didn't because <laughs> he, I'm he fine. was about to say something no we're taking oh. a break let's go <laughs> yeah. and then we come back from the when break we then we get back, Nick's observance. maybe we'll hear Nick's opinion That's or fine. maybe not I don't know we'll see <laughs> when we come back It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9. The official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. All right. Before the break, Derek gave us his highlight of practice. And now Dave is going to give us our, his highlight, good or bad, whatever it was. Um, I tweeted about this last night, and it might totally be a knee-jerk reaction on my part. But uh, specifically from a blocking standpoint, I'm not sold on these tight ends. And nothing I have seen at practice has convinced me otherwise. I think... Can I, can I interrupt real quick? Yeah, sure. You, so you only <laughs> talked for the last 10 minutes of the <laughs> no, last the reason, segment. No, the reason why I'm saying is don't okay. give away too much because that's our topic tomorrow. We're going to talk about these tight ends. Oh, so well. don't give away too much. All right, fine. I'll just, this, I'm, not, I'm not hating on Jeff Swaim. I think the world of Jeff Swaim. Uh, in his first padded practice as a pro, Dalton Schultz got dumped on his ass by Damian Wilson in a manner that I haven't seen many times before in, in a pro practice. And 
He came he from look a little bit. He came from yeah. Stanford, and the the line is that he's you know he's a blocking tight end. Which I mean, you know, I'm not trying to bury yeah. the guy just yet, but I I just I saw it and I was like, I wonder if they're gonna try to add a veteran tight end <laughs> just because he hasn't had any know. sleep. No, it's true. I mean, he just had a baby. I'm not trying well, to hate. His I just wife just had a baby. More so than it, a lot of cool stuff happened at practice yesterday. That when I saw that, I was just like, oh my god, it was like a posterization. Yeah. It was really a cool. nice welcoming. It yeah. was cool to see Damian Wilson's first highlight with the Cowboys. Who's that? Na- name no. me another <laughs> highlight that he's had. Really, there aren't very many. <laughs> There's not no. many. No, it it was it, it, not very competitive. There, it was supposed to be a compete drill, and it didn't help that the whole team was watching there. Yeah. Um, I mean, we a lot of people talked about it. it. It was it was a really really nice catch by Terrence Williams that he mm. made. He had a couple of nice plays, but but his catch in front of two people, uh, I believe it was one handed too. It was like yep. it was really a nice play, um, and and it was down the field too. It was about thirty yards down the field. So um, it, it was it was his best practice, uh, and it you know it probably happened because of Alan Hearns, you know not. Um, not being out there, I guess he had like a veteran day. So yeah, he did. I thought one of you was gonna mention Michael Gallup. He yeah. had a great day. He yeah. did. He, he was he, on fire yesterday. The interesting thing was, I didn't. As I went back and thought about it, I couldn't remember specific moments, but I just thought overall he yeah. looked really good out there. Third, right? um, two minute drill when they were on, on the move trying to get into field goal range, and he made a nice catch on the yeah, sideline. Got his that. got his feet down. Almost took out Mickey. How about uh, our uh, our feature back Ezekiel Elliott in the red zone? They get he got the ball four different times. <laughs> nice uh, move they that he put on that guy. They threw him a screen pass. They threw him an angle route. They gave him a. Uh, he went off right tackle, and then on the four yard line, first and goal, they handed it right up the middle, and he scored. They said he didn't score because he's not. There's no tackling. He would have scored. There's yeah, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. yeah, that's one thing I don't like about the the, the defense and offense part of of these padded or these padded practices but even when they're not hitting a lot of times a defensive player will come up right up there and he'd be like "Ooh," and make some noise like i I got you (laughs) and i'm like you wouldn't have tackled zeke like you guys met at the 25 yard line the ball's going to be on the 21 there's no way you're going to just bring him down right there when he's going full speed if you're going to tackle him at all but they don't ever account for that which is fine you know sometimes like these these guys will blitz and then they'll like touch the quarterback's back and like sack yeah like (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I've seen that a thousand times, like just touching Which, the guy. Actually, the the Terrence one-handed catch, Coney Ely had a shot at Dak, but I'm going to give Dak the benefit of the doubt. I've seen him right. seen him resist full-speed yeah. pass rushers before. I think he could have gotten away. Can I throw out this question real quick? Nick made me think about this because we haven't really talked this at, about this, I don't think, but you talk about Zeke and his ability. Like You try to take him down the middle of the field. He's probably going to carry you a little bit. How much do you think this new rule in the NFL – uh, when it comes Lower to your lowering your head, affects a guy like Zeke, who is a power back. He's got some speed, but he's a power back. He will hit you. How much do you think that's going to affect him? Do you expect him to be one of the guys that ends up with one of these penalties this season? Yeah, I, I think that's going to happen. It depends on how much they they call it, and I think certain crews will probably call it more than others. But you're really asking, you know, they're trying to, to prevent, you know, uh, concussions and, and, and obviously the safety of the team, but – um, you you bring it. How many running backs have you ever seen that are six three? I mean, it doesn't happen much. You don't see a lot of running backs that run straight up like that because they're going to get hit. So natural instincts are to kind of crunch up, down yeah. like that, ball up and get down. I I don't 
I don't know. I don't. I, something's gonna give here because you, you just come running straight like that. You're gonna get. You're gonna get hurt as well. So, I. I don't know. I. I don't think. That, I don't. I hopefully they don't call that as much. You know. I mean, you know, you gotta. And they say you got a nose for the nose for the goal line. I mean, well, that's what you're doing. You're like lowering your head and get in there. It's. I don't know. I 100. Why they wear helmets, right? I 100% could be wrong, but I'm. I just. I believe this rule is going to have a major impact on the game when I see it happen. Because oh, you're just not buying it. They're going I'm to not, when it happen. I'm yeah. not buying because well, they did something like this a few years ago. Me and Nick have talked about it. I we you know every year they show us a video of the new rules, and I remember, uh, you know that it was kind of like a, a baby version of this, where like if the running back was inside the tackle box and he lowered his head and used his head first, it was going to be a penalty. And they showed a bunch of clips from Trent Richardson because that's how he used to run. And they never called it because that doesn't happen that often, in all honesty. Like, I, yeah, you take contact to your head. You don't lead with your head that often, I don't think. And if you do, I think that can be corrected. You, you, know, you try to ward people off with your hand, with your shoulder. Maybe your helmet takes contact just because it's a physical sport. But I don't think it's that common to see a running back – genuinely lead with his head like yeah, the, actually try yeah. to you know bowl people but over the only with problem with that is i think that when you when you're running and you lean down to lead with your shoulder and we've right. seen this with the hits that come too from defensive backs to receivers you lean down to and give them a shoulder but because of the way things kind of work out now there's helmet contact how do closely do they call this I will be guess, an interesting part. i guess the my point is i don't think they'll call it that don't close think because it. when it's in a situation of a safety or a cornerback making a hit like that it's bang bang contact. Whereas when you know you're running, you kind of see the hit line up a little bit more. When you're talking about a running back, you have more time to brace for it. And I just I don't I don't think the refs will be that strict with it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I really think this is a lot of hand wringing about something that's not going to matter that much. That's just see. getting way too picky. I mean, I, I get the reasoning behind it, but to be able to watch that and see and call it every time, and especially when you're trying to get those extra yards, you're going to lean like that with your body to get those. So, I, DeMarco Murray had a play against the Eagles a few years ago uh, when he was with the Cowboys, but he, he really kind of leaned in and, and struck the linebacker and knocked him down, and that was a play that was very noticeable, and you could tell he was – he kind of targeted him, and, and and if that happens, yeah, I think that's one that you'll call. But I, I just don't see, you know, somebody catching at eight yards on you know on third and eight or third and ten, and then having to die for the goal. And I just don't see them calling it like that. Agreed. Which, yeah, I and hope not. That would that would get called, and Demarco did do that from time to time, but it wasn't something that happened every time he touched the ball. Sure. So okay, let's, let's jump into our. M- main topic of the day which uh as i mentioned earlier it was linebacker yesterday we all got a chance to watch all the linebacker group and we know the cowboys spent their first round pick this year on a linebacker Leighton Vanderesh. and we've talked about how kind of difficult it is to evaluate these guys out here just because of the whole thing where you can't you're not really tackling or anything so let's just go over each guy i'm gonna start if that's okay, so that's why I make sure I get my no, point. I mean, <laughs> I need to get we'll my make, points in. We're gonna make you host next time. Cool, that's cool. Actually, that's a good idea. Why don't you host tomorrow? Okay, sounds good. Um, can I start? Is that good? Uh, I guys, mean, I don't you keep grabbing steal, my wheel. Still my, still my point. <laughs> go. Um, you don't even know what the question was, but go ahead. Oh, what's the question? No, go. <laughs> dale, 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 dale. All right. Um, actually, in the the star of the day that that I wrote about was Joe Thomas. I think I think he actually is doing a really nice job yep. 
on um, in, in pass coverage. He's replacing Sean Lee, who's not pr- practiced yet in the padded uh, uh, practices, and they're showing some some depth there. Obviously, last year when Sean Lee went down, uh, that was one of the three guys they really did not have an answer for from the defensive uh, perspective. So uh, Joe Thomas has come in here, and I think he's going to be a player that, that he'll get on the field at, at some point, but at least they're showing them that they've got some depth there behind Sean if they need to do that. He's got good. He might actually play some in the dime and the nickel because he seems like he can cover uh, the tight ends, at least these tight ends. Uh, it, it is hard to evaluate linebackers because it's, it's such a physical position and these are not physical practices rel, you know, compared to real football. But uh, the, the scouting report on Leighton Van Der Esch is that he's good in coverage, and he has shown glimpses of that out here. Uh, he's had some really nice plays. He broke up a pass in 7-on-7 seven seven yesterday. The day before that, uh, the Justin March Lillard pick six that we talked about where Chris Richard was so excited, he broke that up. Um, it was a tight end. I want to say it was Blake Jarwin. Yeah, Leighton Van Der Esch got in there and punched that ball out. He has shown some ability there, which, ironically, he gave up the touchdown to Dalton Schultz on the last play of practice yesterday. But what did he do when that was over? He was out there with the GOAT, Jeff Heath, working on angles and pursuit and stuff like that for probably – 10, 15 solid minutes after practice. So uh, he's showing glimpses of I mean, his athleticism is off the charts. And if he knows where to be, I think he could be really good in that regard. Who do you think won the battle? It was a compete battle uh, between him and Jamez Olawali. I called where, it a tie. I mean, they, they, they were definitely locked in for about like three seconds. And then he, he eventually, you know, ripped them and got to the quarterback. But uh, I would think the ball would have been gone by now. I mean, yeah. I, I, I yeah. think Garrett actually gave it to Olawali. I think he did, yeah. But it was it was a physical hit where yeah. you're like, I feel good about the linebacker being able to go in here and do that. I feel good about Olawali being yeah. able to, to kind of stand there and block. Mm-hmm. 45 seconds before that, Dalton Schultz got thrown like a sack of laundry. That so was I probably, mean, yeah, you were like, oh, man, somebody's yeah. got to step But, hey, up. Good, for, yeah, well, good for one, good for that rookie. Let's watch Dalton. Dalton Schultz today and see if I mean Which, that, that's I watched him yesterday. I know he 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 <laughs> he finished strong. He caught a touchdown at the end of practice. I, yeah, but I honestly in in I don't want to get too far in tight ends. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But there, I just think right now tight end position has some work to do. It, it, we've, of all the positions on the team, yes, that's the position been, I think right now they got they need some work. It, yes. it, we knew Tony Romo was was really good. We knew he was good. Some people called him great when he played for the Cowboys. When he left the Cowboys, you really saw. You know how, how how great he was, and how he made other players great. Now Dak, they had that that awesome year. I kind of think Romo, they would have had an awesome year as well. We're seeing Dez isn't the same without him. The offense wasn't the same, definitely in 2015. We're going to see that uh, by leaps and bounds with the tight end position. We're seeing it now. Yeah. There's no yeah yes good good play by by um, Schultz there to to make a catch in the red zone, but he got dumped on his ass at blocking. I mean. Yeah, he's good at this. Jarwin can block, but he's not really good out here. I don't know what Rico Which, can do yet, but Witten could just do it all, and I think that's what I'm trying to say we were yeah. spoiled. I think, I, I think we definitely talked about it. Like, day one in pads, Blake Jarwin got dumped by Charles Tapper, too. Like, it's not just yeah. Dalton Schultz. Like, these guys particularly, yeah. and that's that's my point. I think all these guys can catch the ball, and Swain can block a little bit. I don't know if that's – I wouldn't describe him as a blocking tight end. Uh 
but the blocking is what concerns me, especially for a team that has liked to use tight ends to block. <laughs> they, they've got to get a new tight end. You guys just screwed up tomorrow's We're just show. doing something else. We'll pick another position to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> oh. So let's just keep going with it. Oh, oh I'm sorry. It's a free-flowing conversation. Not when stop, you're hosting it. Stop not. trying to stifle oh, my creativity. Oh, we haven't talked about tomorrow. We haven't yeah, talked Nick about Earl Thomas every, every single day. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I'm there sorry. There isn't a lot to hey, talk about there, though. Okay. I mean, and we'll, we just did it all, I think. We'll talk about the tight ends tomorrow, and hopefully after today's practice they can get It'll up be to different. average. <laughs> Because right now they are. You want, do you have something more to say about the linebackers? I mean, we've talked about you know, Jalen. The, the one person I will talk about, about is Jalen. And, and I actually spent some time watching Jalen yesterday, and I wanted to see more than anything else. Again, when you're out here at practice, you can't really tell the linebacker like you. But both of you guys have said. But what what I was looking for is how fluid he looks. Is he reacting quickly when he has to make a cut and go in another direction? Can he do that without looking as though he's lumbering to bring that leg along? And to me, again, I'm not a scout. I'm not a coach. But to me, he looked like he's pretty fluid. Yeah, he looks he much better than he looked last year, in my opinion. What that means for the season, who knows. But at this point, right now, what I'm seeing, he looks a lot different than he looked 365 days ago when yeah. we were out here. Yep. And he was trying to move around and wasn't quite looking as fluid His as he wanted to be. His instincts are yeah, night and day better. compared much to better. last year. My, much better. My developing theory, and it won't be this clear cut because just like offense, you can't be so one-dimensional that you're tipping off the defense. Like, I mean – you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You can't be so one-dimensional you're tipping off the other team. So if Jalen's only in there on running downs, the offense is going to throw. Uh, but I just think they're working it to a point where Leighton Van Der Esch can deal with the passing aspects, so to speak, and Jalen Smith looks like he could really be great as like an early down linebacker. I know you want more than that, and I think he's capable of doing more than that. But I think that's a great place to start. That's what I was going to ask you. How like, do you expect oh. the Cowboys to utilize both of them? I just, it's so much fun to think about. I think about it more than anything else. Um, I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> you think about the linebacker position in more than anything else? In terms of the team, huh. yeah, probably. I just, I just think it's fascinating. You have so much talent there. And, you really do. Uh, and, and every time we talk to them about it, they're like, well, we can find time for all of these guys yeah, to play. It'll and work so, out. If it's if it's third and twelve, I bet you Leighton Van Der Esch will be playing linebacker. And if it's third and three, I bet it'll be Jalen Smith. And you can, bl Jalen's been doing more blitzing than he did last year, and that's I think that is a hallmark of Chris Richard. I can't wait to see if it carries over to the season because Rod Marinelli is notorious for not blitzing, yeah. and that gives you an idea of how much influence Chris Richard has if all of a sudden they start doing that uh, to a much higher degree. So pressuring the quarterback. Uh, being near the line of scrimmage. I think Jalen can do a lot of that stuff. I think he could play Sam in a lot of situations. Um, you know, a part of the, the, the blitzing stuff, too, and, and this is why I think Chris Richard is going to have a, a big factor into this, is that you have bigger cornerbacks now that are longer, that are more physical, they're going to get in your face. You trust them more to blitz. You can blitz more people because it's like, I, I'll trust you for one or two seconds because we're going to be close, we're going to be physical, and we're not going to give you anything right off the bat. So, yeah, I'll send three or four more guys there because you're going to have to rush it quickly. We're not going to get beat in two seconds. You know, we, we might get beaten four or five, but not two. And I think that's that style that Chris Richard wants to play is going to be more conducive to blitzing a little bit more. And that's honestly why I think, and we talk about it a lot on the show, it's one of the reasons why I think this team has not gotten as many interceptions uh, over the last how many years yeah. is because I don't think they play the type of defense that will lend itself to that. 
They don't let the cornerbacks really play physical and send the extra pressure. So quarterback has to get it out quick, sometimes get it out before he's ready, sometimes get it out off target, sometimes the receiver isn't where he's supposed to be. All those things turn into picks. I don't think they do that enough and give themselves those and give themselves those kinds of opportunities. Now, you can get beat on that, but I think you also give yourself some chance for some turnovers that, that they haven't yeah. really been able to get. Where, where do you think that the power – have you seen power rankings for the Cowboys overall? Like you mean like ESPN? Yeah, type? just like oh, this is where I they are. Look, not I really. Probably like my guess is they're middle of the league. I saw 12, uh, actually 12 to sixteen. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Like Yahoo Sports. I I don't think they're even done with it, but they do like a team a day, starting with thirty two and going up to one. And I think the Cowboys were fourteenth, yeah, thirteenth. That sounds about okay. Right. Yeah, just just making the trade like we talk about. You put him in on this de- defense. Where do you think? Where do you think the, the rankings would be then? I think immediately they would eight, jump nine. probably three spots. I do too. I think eight, nine, so? ten, three I spots. Did, I think I they'll do. jump three I spots. Mean, you look at this this defense now, and you and just think of you know you got Heath, you'd have Thomas, you'd have you know you, the Byron and Cheeto, the linebackers that you like you said got the talent. You got a, one of the top five pass rushers maybe in the league. Yeah. Um, problem. The problem that, with and that's their weak side of the ball. As we've talked about, you the veteran special teams guys that are really good, and then you got an offense that's a strength. From a from a national perspective, which I think we can all agree is usually three steps behind us. I get it. Not to pat us on the back too much, but uh, I think the questions on the offense are big enough that it wouldn't drastically change anybody's opinion. It would still be, is that going to be good, and who's catching the ball? Yeah, but I the difference is the difference is because everybody respects this offensive line and respects this running game. If they feel like this defense can actually be a defense that can get stops, it does change their opinion on the team overall. It would be right? wild. It would be wild if the Dallas Cowboys, who have been middling to bad on defense as long as I can remember, <laughs> right. like were contenders because of their defense and their running. That'd be games. a whole different Damn. thing. Whole different thing. Yeah. But those are the two ingredients. If you can put them together, it creates a team that actually can contend in the yeah. NFL. You know, all you have to do is part ways with it. Draft pick <laughs> that you took That's Gavin what? Escobar with. You Let's not make it that simple. You still got to get your linebackers to play to the potential that you I'm can say, get. You, you still got to get their cornerbacks you let there. Us, you won't let us talk about linebackers. Like, that was your idea, and you won't let us do it. No, you you know, like, we just got <laughs> derailed, like, so hard. <laughs> All right, let's take our final Amber? break. And when we come back, hopefully we can just keep Nick <laughs> quiet for a second so we can get this show back on track. So when we come back. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit slash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. 
Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Back to the break. All right, we just spent the whole break. Nick and Derek have been arguing about what they would give arguing up. Arguing is harsh. What this they is a would normal give conversation for me and Nick. For, for this <laughs> trade to get that safety well, over here. And we it, don't need to get back into it. But, Nick, honestly, I mean. It shifted. Do it, you have a say in this? It did shift. I, it just shifted to. Oh, well, basically what I was saying is it might take more than a draft pick. It might take a player. Then it's, it's like, yeah, who, added player. Which, yeah. which player? Um, and one of y'all threw out, would you would you include Heath in the deal? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that because now I, I feel like I could be back to square one. Yes, my safety is going to be better than with Tom. So that's the deal else. breaker. If I got to part with Heath, then I'm out. I don't have not to. That's doing the thing. That. I don't have to part no, with I'm him. I'm just saying, but pair if, them if, they, if they liked him and they said, what will get us to do this, we will do that third round that you talked about, but you got to give us Heath. And you're saying that's your deal breaker. That's what he was saying. Yeah, that's what he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah that's I don't, what he was There's saying. other ways to do it. I don't want to do sorry, that. I'm sorry. I, I like Jeff Heath a lot. I, I, that's not my deal breaker. I, I, my I'm sa- like, my right. safety position is here, and I want to take it here. Now – it's like, well, now we're going to be back to here. No, and, and it's not. Not Tom- if you got Earl Thomas. It's not no, going to be back no. down here. Let me finish. Right. I mean, he's going to bring it up, and I think he's going to bring it up a little bit more than what it was. Golden State's not trying to give up Curry to get Cousins. They want Cousins with all of them. They want yes. them all. Nick, they want them all. Nick, Nick, Nick all. Even did just compare Jeff <laughs> to Seth Curry. Right. Yes, he did. He did. The greatest three-point shooter in basketball history. Yes. Okay. Well, he's the GOAT then. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm saying I'm not trying to just – Rob Peter to pay Paul. I want all of them to play. I uh, will gladly, will gladly I, I employ Earl Thomas and let Kayvon Frazier figure it out at strong safety. Yeah, I would too. I don't, that's fine. I that's would too. Thing. You don't have to do that. You we can keep arguing about Pete. this. You give up Bruce Carter. <laughs> Bruce Carter, yeah. Your second round pick. You give up Jalen Smith and his knee injury. You give up second round pick because you're, you know. Yeah, uh, but in this scenario, risky. you now have two second round picks, which means I like your odds of hitting on one of them. Because yeah. they are, they got a good track record. Like every other yeah. year, the second round picks not bad. So if they you get two in one, you get two in while. one year. Yeah. you're doing all right. Yeah, we'll mm. see. Let's take a call from Tim in Boston. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Nick. I'm 100 percent with you. Do whatever we have to do to get Earl Thomas. Yeah, but give but up Jeff. Except trade Jeff. Heath. Heath. Hey, <laughs> would you trade Jeff Heath for him? Uh yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's, ah. I, I can see what that is. But you know what? Seattle's going to lose him anyways, and they know they're going to lose him. A second-round pick should get this deal done. Like you said, I agree that, that we should have the opportunity to negotiate with his agent and him, but um, I'm with you 110% on that. Uh, right. But the other thing was is the position that I'm really concerned about is defensive tackle. Um, I think our runs are good. I think our linebackers are good. I think our secondary is solid. I think that if we bring – the guy from Seattle here, I think we get instant credibility. Um, why hasn't, why haven't we 
spent more resources and assets at defensive tackle. Dave Hellman, Brian Broaddus, um, they can play the draft show. They always talk about defensive tackles, and Dave's one of Dave's most common, you know, quotes is until this team spends the resource, um, you know, they then he wouldn't even talk about a guy. Why don't they do that? And don't you think it's starting to hurt us now? Don't you think that the, that that philosophy is starting to show up? And uh, I'll listen to you guys uh, off it. Thank you so much. So explain yeah. to me, explain to me though, how how's it how's it hurt them at this point? Not to say I disagree with the point because I kind of get the point. I just want you to explain why how is how is what they've done so far at defensive tackle hurt them? Uh, I just well, it's in the grand scheme of things, I guess you could argue it hasn't hurt them because their defenses have been all right slash not that bad, but their the talent at defensive tackle has been lacking basically the whole time I've been covering this team. Yeah. Like, look everywhere else. They've never addressed it. Demarcus yeah. Lawrence. Uh, with, a, with a high priority. Demarcus Lawrence is pick 34. Taco Charlton is pick 28. Tyrone Crawford is pick 81. Uh, 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 Gregory. Randy Gregory's pick 60. Coney Ely was pick 60 in his draft. And then you got Malik Collins, who, to their credit, he was pick 67. Uh, and then – like in terms of like guys that they have brought in themselves, Dayton Jones was a first round pick for the Packers six years ago, but they have not spent those resources. They just haven't done it. And, and, and the, I think the reason why is Marinelli doesn't. I, that's not the type of player he's trying to. I mean, he's trying to bring in for the in the first round. I think he looks at it like we can get other guys in there. We can get un, you know underdog type players that can go up there and and, which, and play well. Not only that. I mean, if we want to get deep into the draft weeds, we can. Stephen Jones said at the Combine, and he caused a huge tizzy when he did it, that like there there is not a pure one technique that they would put a first-round grade on. They just won't do it. And that's, you know, Vita Vea, if you all remember him, the Washington, the monstrous D-tackle. You know, they said, well, we think he can do both, so we give him a first-round grade. But a guy that's purely just a run-stuffer – they don't value that position. They said it themselves. Where right. did, and to where be did honest, he get picked? Uh, he's in Tampa. I think he was like a top ten pick. I mean, or the Cowboys it, twelve overall. There was some like talk that. on draft night that no, he it, they he, wanted him. They would they if, could maybe move up to get him if, if he, he had, if he falls. If he had fallen, they certainly might have done something. But again, that's because they saw him as a penetrating type of defensive tackle as well. Whereas it it kind of goes back to my point again. Sorry if we're getting into the draft weeds, but everybody was like. You know, they don't want Taco because he doesn't have those right side end characteristics. You gotta gotta come off the right side like Randy Gregory and blah 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 blah. That's why they traded up for Demarcus Lawrence because he was the last right end in that class that they really thought could make a difference. Well, what if you just draft a good left end? You know, like again, I know people dog him because he could have been Randy Moss, but like Greg Ellis was a good solid defensive end. Maybe he didn't live up to the hype of a first round pick, but like you need those type of players too. You need those guys. And that's you need a good one technique. Just because he doesn't get sacked doesn't mean sacks doesn't mean he's not good. That's always driven me crazy. But I do think this I think there's a distinction that has to be made between one technique and three technique because I think you can get a good solid one technique without spending the highest draft pick that you have in order to do it. Three technique on the other hand I think it's a whole different story. So if you just talk about tackles, like you look at the defenses in the league that have a a really a stud three technique. You look at a guy like Aaron Donald, you look at a guy like Fletcher Cox, it makes a difference for the whole defense. You give me the best one technique in the league, does it really change their defense dramatically? Uh, I would argue that if Snacks Harrison was on this team, it would make a dramatic difference, yes. Which, to your I point— I think it helps. I don't know if it— Go ahead. I, I'm going to make a point Hold for on. you. Sure. He was an undrafted free agent. There you go. But— 
You, like obviously, that's it's like a winning a lottery ticket. Like oh. they haven't had their best one technique in the, this era has probably been Nick Hayden. What what is what is? I'm not kidding. Jeez. What is Sean Lee's biggest issue? Staying healthy. Okay, well, keep these big guys off of him with the big guy up front. I mean, why don't we ever try that route? Now I know he's not in the middle anymore, but still, you're worried about the the health of of Jalen Smith. Then you're talking about the the. Conceptually, how they play defense—that's not how they're asking their t- their, their tackles to play. You, but if you get a big big guys up front, that not not these quick. All they're trying to do is just they're get trying up to field. Get a okay, field, yeah. okay, but people run in this league, and when they run and they push those guys off the ball, um, you can, well, he'd be a good three. We'll just move him at one. Okay, Malik Collins can't play a so, one. So get rid of the defensive coordinator because this is the the court. This is the defense. <laughs> I mean, but that's my point. Like okay. what you're saying, what you're saying okay. is. No. What you're saying is change the philosophy, yeah. and that's a different conversation I, than than change the no. personnel. Well, and that's going to play a three four next year. That's what I think. <laughs> I do. Keep telling me on that, I'm not sure I'm buying you. That's think, kind of that's kind of my close to a three four. You're getting closer than you you have been in, in a while. If you wanted to I, go that, let's route. save that for another day. But <laughs> tomorrow or tight end, it's kind of <laughs> we're going to do tight end slash Earl tomorrow. The sure, caller, the caller, kind of made my point for me, which is it's a lot like you know. Why are we whining about Scott Linehan being here in August? The, that bet is made. Yeah. And it's the same thing with defense. Like, I don't even Absolutely. like talking about it because as long as Rod Marinelli's calling the shots, that's how they're going to play it. It's just the way it is. Right. Uh, and that's I said it all during the spring is, like, we can talk about Vita Vea until we're blue in the face. I refuse to believe he's going to be on this team until it happens. I, and that goes for anything else, which I got my problems with it. I'm with Nick. I think Malik Collins should be playing three technique. I, I agree with that. I hate to insinuate that I know more about pass rushing than Rod Marinelli because I absolutely don't. But he had a great rookie year and a not-so-great second year because of that position switch. I didn't like it. Uh, factor in the fact that you can't count on David Irving, and there's just – not a lot of reasons to feel great about that position. I completely agree with him. Even if Jihad Ward and Dayton Jones are diamonds in the rough, which they very well could be, it's not enough. Um, so, yeah, that's how I feel. Shout out Brian Price, though. He's he's yeah, I still things. like Brian Price. I, I've been saying it since last year. Which I think he's, may, he's maybe, maybe the best defensive maybe tackle that's your right answer. now out here. It, they don't. Like he might be the best thing they have in a one technique, right? Yes, in right. terms of a, and so maybe if he can keep it up, maybe he can be your trash can of dirt. Uh, and let Malik and Collins, let Malik go. and when oh, oh. David Irving comes back, he can do the same. Are thing. you feeling Hold confident up. in Malik Collins' health? I mean, don't forget no. that play we saw Frederick just. Yeah, yeah, man. but well, you're not going to win every play hey, against this offensive line. I'm not line. asking you to win every play. I'm asking <laughs> hey. you not to get smashed to the ground Brian, on your back okay. Brian as Price. a one tech. Brian Price absolutely returned the favor yesterday. He threw Travis he Frederick to the ground. Yeah, he did. Just okay. saying. Yeah. I usually don't see Travis on the ground, and when I saw him, I'm like, dang. Well, good, then. Good. <laughs> then, then. Price, Price, I think Price is a legit one technique. He's probably the best one technique you got on this team right now, in my opinion. I would agree with that, yes. Even And – I don't think Malik is a particularly effective one. So even that. if Malik was practicing, I think Brian Price might be better. I agree. With that. What about Miss Price? I haven't yet. heard her yet. I haven't heard her either. You think she's a one technique? <laughs> a little small. Jeez. All okay. right. Well, here's a question from Twitter. And since we've been talking about everything on the team, let's just might as well hit defensive end. Randy Gregory, he still hasn't practice with the team but he he's active now and we've seen him kind of doing his little workouts what nick he talks uh, to the what oh my god like can i finish saying no. anything let's go let's get let's get to it randy gregory he talked a little bit about his um um 
weight. He says my weight is like LeBron James's hair. I don't really, I don't, I don't talk about it's it. It's bleeding. I don't talk about it. I just say <laughs> he, he goes. Keep, he can't keep it. He goes. I'm two. <laughs> I'm two twenty to yeah. two eighty. I'm somewhere between two twenty to two eighty. That's where he is. Jason Garrett put a hard number on it for he us. He did. So I'm gonna. And it was like a hard number yeah. too. What? Yeah. Two, said two forty two. Two forty two. Yeah. He said. Huh. <laughs> He's like more than that. He was like, yeah, more than that. 250? He just then he started like, "Are oh, you not going to get me on that?" But he definitely looks like he's Is it a state secret? Who cares? Why why yeah. is that a big why deal? Does it matter. I don't know, but uh yeah, he's eligible to go through walkthroughs now. I got yeah, we didn't really hit the hard news today. I mean, it's not hard news and I'll tell you why. I don't he's not going to be in practice before this team plays its first preseason game. Yeah. That's my bet. Um, do you think he'll? What, how many, do you think he'll be ready to play in the preseason this year? And if yes. so, maybe the last preseason game is that what you're I, thinking? Jason Garrett has stated that's the goal, and I don't see why not. Like yeah. the preseason doesn't end until August 30th. Right. You really yeah. you can't get him into one of those at least. Uh, so, I think he will practice in pads before we leave Oxnard, and I think he will play in maybe not the Bengals game, Cardinals, August 26th. That's what I'm circling the rehearsal. The dress rehearsal, as we like to call it. Okay, he needs to play before that. I think, in my opinion, maybe he will. Just because, I mean, he's going to make the team, but I think you got to figure out: is does he play in the games? Is he going right. to be in the fifty-three, or is he right. going to be on the forty-six? And th and to to determine that is going to affect. Well, what about Tapper? What about these other guys? Who else is going to play? So it's a good point. I think he does need to play a little bit sooner. Hopefully, he can. We shall see. Go ahead. I mean, you're hosting. Um, moving on to the what defensive do you, end. I what do you think, like, other than Randy other than Randy Gregory, who is clearly and totally a 3-4 outside linebacker, why do you think this team has 3-4 personnel? Um, I think the, from a linebacker, first of all, you've got these defensive ends that can kind of play, tackle, and whatever. I think Taco, I think Tyrone Crawford would be really good ends in this. Five techniques? And, yes. I and can it, see that. I could see Demarcus Lawrence on the outside. I definitely, I mean, Gregory would be great if you can count on that. I'm not really sure. But I'm not sure Jalen Smith couldn't be an outside 3-4 defensive end. Uh, I like Leighton in the middle. I like um, the Sean Lee in the middle. Um, and then, you know, you got to get me another. Um, no, I mean, you'd be good there. You had those two guys in the Still middle. Still need a nose, right? You, you got to get a nose. But, I mean, I, I think you need one now. I don't know exactly where Malik would play. I don't. But then again, I mean, I saw Jay Ratliff. Yeah, play I was about it. to say, well, if Jay Ratliff can play the nose. Yeah. Also, the unfortunate when you make a when you make a personnel switch like that, like somebody's going to be SOL. That's just the way it goes. Oh yeah, but I mean, you can't count on David Irving. But David Irving would be an outstanding three-four end. Yeah. Just defensive end. And I'm three, not. Four. I I hesitate to bet against him, but I have a hard time seeing Tank as a three-four linebacker. Like he he's very athletic. He's obviously great at what he does, but like. Randy's just got that. Yeah, Randy's Randy, always. Randy but I will say great. this though, Dave. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you might you might know some names you can throw out here. I have a hard time thinking about a really good hand in the ground four three defensive end that got switched to a three four outside stand up linebacker that That's wasn't true. better, right? Yeah. I mean, most of them they better. they their sacks go through the roof if they're good up with their hand in the ground. You stand them up, they get better. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. And I again, I may be missing some guys that that didn't obviously make that jump, I, but. I think it just you seems could, like that to me. Nobody I think you could make that move. I think you could make that move and and have to maybe do a, a you could do it in one off season now, 
and do maybe one or two, you know, one or two changes. I think I think he could play it if he needed to. Well, if he if he wanted. To. I mean, for the sake of argument, we all love Chris Richard. I mean, he's four three all the way. Yeah. So. And yeah, as Nick says, he's going to be the fearful. Wow. That's I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at. That's what I was intimating. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Made that clear yesterday. Well, the boys have started their <laughs> little yoga sesh. So they're back there. You say it so dismissively. Little yoga, yoga sesh. Yoga sesh, <laughs> which Yoga's is very helpful. You. No, yeah. I I absolutely agree and it's exciting to see do them doing this kind of stuff now. So anyways, that is all the time we have for today. We'll see what Nick does tomorrow, and my hosting tomorrow. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, he okay. will be yes, hosting. Yes, you are. We're gonna see so. how this goes. I want to see how this experiment works. <laughs> For Nick Eman, Derek Eagleton, David Hellman, and Amber Garcia. See you guys next time tomorrow on the break. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!